Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message was preached on Easter Sunday, April 9, 2023, during an outdoor worship service. I can't see you all. I got the sun right in my eyes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I want you to think today about the resurrection of Jesus. Obviously, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're here to celebrate. That's why we came early this morning. But I want you to think about it because, listen to this carefully. The resurrection of Jesus was either the greatest hoax in history, fooling millions of people for every generation for the last 2,000 years, or it's the greatest thing that ever happened on earth. Now let me say that again because I want you to get that. The resurrection of Jesus was either the greatest hoax in history and it's fooled millions of people for every generation for the last 2,000 years, or it was the greatest single event in human history. And there's really no room in the middle. It has to be one or the other. Today, I have a very simple and basic message. I want to tell you what the Bible teaches. The resurrection of Jesus was real, and he is alive. It shows that Jesus really is God. It changes everything about life and death, and therefore, you and I are under an obligation to live fully and completely for Jesus. Now, I'm not there yet when it comes to the fully and completely part. I don't speak to you as a perfect follower of Jesus. I doubt that there ever has been one, but I'm working on it. And I pray that you are as well. So I want to challenge you to accept what I tell you about Jesus today. If I'm right about him, the Bible is right about him and I believe with all of my heart that I am right, and the Bible is right, then I want you to think about what the resurrection means. It means that there is a God. It means that we are deeply loved. It means that there is a power outside of us to help us. It means that there is a purpose to our lives that We are not just a kind of freak, chemical, and biological accident. It means that death is not final. And it means that we have the greatest news in history, and we have something to celebrate this morning. Now think of it the other way. If I'm wrong, and the Bible is wrong, then it means that there is no God, or if there is one, he's left us alone to our own devices. It means that we are not loved beyond our own small circle of friends. It means that there is no one out there to help us. And at the current rate, we're just a few generations away at most from destroying ourselves. It means that you and I really have no purpose because we're nothing more than a chance product of chemicals and biological processes anyway. It means that death is final and there is no hope. 
and it means that we were pretty crazy to get up early and come to a parking lot at 6 o'clock in the morning. But I do believe in Jesus. So I believe that God is real, that he loves me, that he sent Jesus to die for me, that Jesus rose on the third day, and that in his grace he has offered me salvation, full and complete forgiveness of all my sins and all my faults. He's given me a life worth living, a Lord worth serving, and a future home in heaven as secure as God himself. And my task is simply to tell you that truth this morning. Jesus is alive, and that changes everything. Now, if you've been in church, you know we spent about a year and a half studying Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. That's because I want you to know who Jesus is. I want you to know what he taught. I want you to know how he lived. I want you to know what he did. I want you to know what he offers us. I want you to know how he died. I want you to know that he rose again and he is real. So today we are turning to the last chapter in the book of Luke. And we're going to read of his resurrection. So let's stand and I will read from Luke 24. And here's how it reads, beginning with verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all of these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and all the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now you may be seated. Luke goes on in the rest of the chapter to tell how Jesus appeared to two men on the road and then how later he appeared to his disciples. Other parts of the Bible tell of additional eyewitnesses and says that there were over 500 people who witnessed the risen Jesus. 500 eyewitnesses. Now, I believe it, but I want you to understand something about me. I hope I never come across as one of those know-it-all preachers. I don't consider myself as better than you or anyone else, and I don't look down on those who believe. My task is just to speak the truth. And so I'm telling you as a thirsty man would tell another thirsty man where there's water. I'm telling you as a sick man, telling other sick men where to find medicine. I'm telling you as a sinful man, telling other sinful men where there is forgiveness and hope. 
I'm telling you as a dying man, telling other dying men where there is life. And I believe all I've said this morning, and I want you to believe it. So the challenge is for you to think about what do you believe? Are you like the women who came to the tomb to see a dead man? Are you like the disciples who thought it was nonsense? Or do you believe what the angel in the tomb said? Let's think through those options. The first, are you like the women who came to the tomb? They didn't come to see Jesus. They came just to see his body. Because of his hurried burial on Friday afternoon, they weren't able to anoint him with spices and clean him and prepare him. And so they came that morning with spices already prepared. We're going to clean him up. We're going to wrap him up. We're going to take care of his body. They assumed, and you really can't blame them, that Jesus was dead. They had seen him die. And like science tells us and like our own experience tells us, death is final. That's the nature of life and death. That's what science and everything else tells us. Life is life and death is death and there is no crossover. I mean, that's what we've always believed until that day. Now, I guess I need to admit something that that is pretty obvious to all of you. I am now an old pastor. I really can't remember when that happened. But at some point, even in this church, I went from preacher boy to senior pastor to old senior pastor. But as an old pastor, and I've told you this before, I have been to over 600 funerals. And all 600 of them are still dead. That's the nature of life and death. So I can't blame the women for thinking we're coming to anoint a dead body. But if you believe like the women, that Jesus was a good but dead man, if that's all you believe, then you will remember him and you will honor him And you will like him, and you will follow him, and you will read about him, and you'll want to be like him, but there's no power in that belief. There's no life change in a dead Jesus. You put him in the same category as Abraham in the Old Testament or George Washington in American history. He was a good but dead man. That is not our faith. That is not what we believe. Are you like the women coming to the tomb? Or are you like the disciples? They heard the women and they said, it's all nonsense. The women don't know what they're talking about. It can't be real. And again, I don't want you to blame the disciples at this point. The story the women told was unbelievably fantastic. It's too out of the world to believe. So they didn't. I I know a lot of people like that in today's world. I I just can't believe it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's nonsense. 
Now, I can't make up my mind for you. I can't make up your mind for yourself. But I do want to challenge you to do at least what Peter did. Luke says that Peter ran and went to the tomb. He wanted to see the evidence for himself. He wanted to know that it was true. There was that part of him that, I hope it's true, but this makes no sense to me. I'm going to go see for myself. And I want to challenge you to think through, have you checked out yourself the evidence that Jesus is alive? And you can see evidence all around us. These wimpy disciples, afraid for their lives, hiding in an upper room, scared to death. Something happened to them that changed their life, and this wimpy group of men became world changers. It was the resurrection of Jesus and seeing him that night that changed him. I mentioned, did you know there are over 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus that the Bible tells us about? Did you know that hundreds of millions of people, really it's in the billions now, have had their lives changed for the better once they believed in a risen Jesus? Do you know that even today, believing in a risen Jesus changes the lives of more prisoners than anything else? Do you know that believing in Jesus changes more addicts than any other belief? The evidence is all around us. We need at least to do what Peter did. I'm going to check this out for myself. I'm going to see what the evidence is. I'm going to see what all those church people are talking about. I'm going to see if it's real. So are you like are you like the women? I'm going to see a dead body. Or like the disciples, at least I'm going to check this out. Did you know that even today, Jesus believers in 145 countries around the world are harassed for their belief and hundreds of Christians are still martyred every month. But they are firm in their faith that Jesus is alive and real and even persecution and martyrdom can't stop that belief. It's more than an opinion, it's a conviction, and it's changed hundreds of millions of lives. Are you like the women coming to the tomb? Are you like the disciples? It's all nonsense. Or do you accept the words of Jesus, the words of the angels at the tomb? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you when he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. You see, that's what the angel said. It's what we call the gospel. Jesus was delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified for those sinners and all sinners. And on the third day, a day we celebrate today, Jesus rose from the dead. 
and all who believe that he is alive, including all the rest of the disciples by the end of that day, all who believe that Jesus is real and alive are given the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and all the other blessings that I've mentioned. But I want to ask you to do this. If you're going to believe, then go all the way. Real belief in Jesus is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time, just pray this prayer and you're good. It's not a check the box that says, I'm a Christian and I can go on. Believing in Jesus is an everyday following, a constant repentance, recommitment, and renewal. You really can't follow Jesus partly. You really can't follow Jesus sort of. Believing in and following Jesus is an all-or-nothing kind of thing. Did you ever play, growing up, follow the leader? If you didn't, you just missed something in life. I mean, that's kind of a universal, every culture, every place in the world plays the game of follow the leader. But if ahead of time you put too many restrictions on it, you're not playing follow the leader. I'm going to play, but I'm not going to run. I won't go over a wall. I won't crawl. I won't climb a tree. I won't skip. I won't hop. I won't get my feet wet. I mean, if you put too many restrictions on following, it is no longer following. Now, listen, it's not a big deal if you don't want to play follow the leader as a child, but we're talking about following Jesus and following Jesus includes everything that Jesus said and taught. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? You take the first step of faith and you tell Jesus that you believe in him. Had a conversation yesterday with someone who kind of, sort of, probably believes in Jesus, but he's not convinced. My advice to him was tell Jesus that. Be honest with him. Tell him, I'm not sure if you're real, but if you are, I want to know it and I want to follow you because I believe in you. So to follow Jesus is to take that first step of faith. Jesus, I believe in you and I want to follow you. And then shortly after that, as soon as you are able You're baptized, which is the biblical way of saying, I'm a believer in and a follower of Jesus, and I want to follow him. We were privileged last Sunday night as our first part of our Holy Week at the picnic to do three baptisms in the public park. I love that because it's not just the church seeing it. It's everybody in the park, kids playing, running around, parents over there with their kids watching. What is that all about? This young man, this lady, is standing up and following Jesus. Because following Jesus is not just a me in my own house and in my own heart. It's a public thing. And so you take the first step of faith. You're baptized. You join a church, a community of believers who will help you, love you, and invest in your life. 
No church is perfect. We're not a perfect church. I don't invite you to join Avondale Baptist Church because we are the perfect church. I invite you to join the church because you need us and we need you. I grew up going to church, and so it, it was some time before I was an adult that, you know, I moved and they had to go find a church for myself. And I remember the advice the pastor gave me. He said, Jack, don't go looking for a perfect church. Because if you find a perfect church and you join it, you're going to mess it up. You're not perfect. You just find a group of people that you can invest in and say, we are going to serve Jesus together. You take the first step of faith. You, you're, you're baptized. You join a church. Then you learn and you live his standards for all things. Your personal life, your family life, your financial and business life, your honesty, your integrity, your morality, all things. And then you love like Jesus. Which means you know that every human being on earth is worthy of your love with no exceptions for any reasons and that Jesus has not given you the freedom to exclude anyone. And so like Jesus, you just simply choose to love all people. And then you tell others about Jesus. You become the thirsty man telling other thirsty men where there's water. Sometimes we make it so complicated. We feel like we have to have a theological education or have gone to school to tell people about Jesus. The truth is you just tell them what he's done for you. You tell people that he's real, that he is God, that he loves you, that he came and lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, rose again. He's alive and he's asking you to believe in him. That took about 20 seconds. And that's what we're called, to tell the truth to others about Jesus. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? You take the first step, and you can do that today. You follow him in baptism, and you can do that as early as next week. You join a church, you can do that today. You begin to learn and live his standards of life. You begin to love like Jesus, and then you tell others about Jesus. That's the short version of what it means to follow Jesus not just checking the box, not just come on Easter Sunday, saying, I believe in him and I will follow him. And so that's the gospel. There is a God. He is real. He cares deeply for me and for you. And it grieves him deeply that we have sinned against him. But he did not give up on us. He sent Jesus, his son, God himself, who came and lived on this earth like we do, faced all manner of trouble and was crucified and rose again on the third day. He's alive. And he's calling you and I to believe in him and follow him. And when you do that, he's willing to forgive you of all your sins, all your issues, 
is willing to come into your life and help you. You're not on your own. He's willing to teach you, change you, guide you in this life and to come pick you up and take you to eternal life when that day comes for you. That's the gospel. And understand the reality because I can't make that decision for you. Either the resurrection of Jesus was the greatest hoax in human history or it was the greatest thing that ever occurred. There is no middle ground. And I challenge you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.